Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Casting live from the Liquor Barn Studios, you're listening to The Diener Show on ESPN 680, 1057, and 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Drew Diener and Keith Pointer. And we are back here, 93.9 The Ville, ESPN 680, 1057, hanging out with you. We'll have the uh, Louisville-Duke game coming your way tonight, 7 o'clock with the play-by-play. Uh, 5.30 with the uh, the pregame here. Is, uh, it'll be at the Yum Center. And uh, 14 points. That's the spread. Duke Duke on the road, uh, minus 14. At least that's what it was earlier. I'll have to check. I'll have to check to see if that, that holds. So. That's not enough. <laughs> I don't yeah, – I, I, good, good luck predicting. Sure, why not? I mean, I mean they, they, they win as a 16-point underdog at Miami. I know Miami's not, you know, what we thought they were at the time. And uh, I don't know. And I, I think Duke coming off of a of a bad loss against, you know, a Pittsburgh team at home, you know, and John Shire's writing an open letter of apology to all of Duke fandom, you know, that, you know, we will be better, we will do better, you know, all of the things. And then he gets to he gets a chance to, sh- to, to make good on that uh, with a trip to the friendly confines of the KFC Yum Center. Uh, I can't think of a better place to get well than uh, off what they – characterizes a bad loss you know yeah uh then then come here and so and i don't, I don't Sh- think it'll shire be... and, and no one have beef right i mean they're like an underlying beef between them i i've read that somewhere and you yeah. know but you know uh, I, read, I think i read it on twitter somewhere that that, that was that, that was not like a there was a draft night thing right yeah. or something yeah i think that's right yeah, yeah. so um, yeah I, well. there's not going to be any mercy and i don't think there's any question about you know where where the talent and the coaching and all of, all of the things lie and, and and the only thing that can maybe sway it is the home court no that's not it either no so. no <laughs> i wouldn't think that yeah although again the people that are at the games it's like an alternate universe none of the negativity except for the arkansas state game that is out there in the city is inside the yum center even guys i know who can't stand this team are going um you know to games and, and while they're at the games they're, they're as positive as they can be, yeah. you know? And so, but then, you know, then you leave the arena and you're like, oh, let's turn the radio on, <laughs> you know? So, um, we got all that for you. Okay, so yesterday, you know, Blanket Baker's been talking about this uh, meeting we, we were going to have uh, for, a, for a while. Um, and he, it was, you know, it was involving um, um, some of the things that I love the most. Uh, our friends over at, uh, at, at Liquor Barn and Kenny Chesney, you know, that's, you know, it involves those two. So, you know, I'm like, and, and to a certain extent, Zach Brown. 
Um, so, but he kept he kept talking about this, and I'm like, okay, man. Well, when are we gonna do this? So yesterday we had a we had man. It was like you know those meetings we have like seven people in it, you know. And mm. but it's one of those where it was over at Blind Squirrel, Michael Columbus. Shout out to him over there. And you know, it's one of those things where like everybody gets along. Like we don't know how this. We're, we're gonna have a great marketing campaign some way somehow because we all like you know if you like the people you're working with, you want them to do well, you want to do well for them, you know. It's basically to come up with a good marketing campaign. You know, you got to give a crap. Right. Generally, is my my. So it's a function Blue Chair Bay Rum Store, or not Rum Store, Blue Chair Bay Rum. Um, and so that that is Kenny Chesney's own line of rum. Okay, hmm. so I don't know if you knew that. Or not. I did not. Um, and Blind Squirrel apparently sells some of the most of it in the country. Um, and. But so they've got a great relationship with um, with Blind Squirrel, and obviously this is Kenny Chesney. So um, it's it's a natural to have me in this you know meeting because like I don't know what we're gonna do, but me talking about you know a Kenny Chesney uh, venture um, and and a clear liquor that that'd probably work just fine, <laughs> you know. And and these are the same people uh, that were responsible. You remember I had the Kenny Chesney signed guitar, yep. and that it it broke. Yep. Don't you remember that? I do. Uh, and and they got another one, and and that was the people at this meeting. So we get there, and I can't remember whose idea this was, um, but they're like, oh, we uh, we have a gift, uh, we have something that Kenny Chesney has signed for you. I'm like, another one. So I'm gonna send this right now to you guys in the group chat, and you tell the people what you see and why that's funny because it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that uh, the the signed Cincinnati Bengals football helmet, yes, autographed by Miss One Kenny Chesney. <laughs> is that that's, not perfect? That's perfect. Yeah. Yes, I'm like this is just a, the uh, embodiment of conflict. You know, internal conflict here. I've got uh, artists that I like maybe the most and the team I like the least. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, that is a that's a great way to start a meeting. Yeah. So. Um, I, Max got in the car after swimming and he was like, what's, what's that? I'm like, he looked at it and he just started laughing too. Cause I told him it's Kenny Chesney's signature. And he's like, you hate the Bengals. You love Kenny Chesney. I'm yeah. like, I don't know what to do with that. The universe is stuck in neutral now. So yeah. Yes, that's... it is. Yes. <laughs> the hell is that? Yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and I imagine, um, that's right. James said, can I send that to Andy and Strebel? Well, hell yeah. I mean, that's what one of these days where you miss what Andy's reaction would be to this. No, that's a, that's that's awesome. The only thing that I think would be funnier is if he sent you like if he was going to do a show in Cincinnati and he sent you like VIP backstage and all the things. But you got to yeah. stay in Cincinnati for the weekend, and it's like, oh my god. Well, I I do that. I do that just fine. Yeah. I could do that. You, 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 you I, can I, make you can make that work. Chasm. Yeah, I'd probably just stay in Northern Kentucky anyway. <laughs> I'd stay in one of those hotels, keep that t- those tax dollars in the state. But that that was yeah. funny. No, so that's awesome. You know, the, his tour starts like uh, April twentieth in. Tampa, um, and so there's other stops along the way. Um, so yeah, it was, but it was it was a great meeting um, because it was you know we could, we could sell them rum somehow. We just got to figure out the best way to do it. Yeah. So wow, now that's we that, can have some listener cool. contests. We can give away some tickets. Maybe you know we can also have you know people come up with their uh, and and, I, and and I've already gotten the text from where I know this belongs. I was I was waiting. You got the under by about two minutes. That does belong at the poon. Oh, because yeah. Vinny uh, loves the Bengals, loves Kenny Chesney. The, there'd be better energy there uh, with that. I'll, I'll put it on loan like an art piece at a museum. You can have it. You can have it done. 
And that's exactly what I thought when I got it. I'm like, well, that's going to the poon. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. There, there's a gift. Just, uh, it's not the personification because it's not a person, but what, what would it be the, uh, the symbol? Let's say, um, I don't know what the word, I was trying to think of this yesterday, uh, but it's just, it's just conflict. It just embodies conflict. For sure. No, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's the old joke about it. it's like watching your mother in law go off the cliff in your brand new BMW. You know, it's like, you know, so, <laughs> but. Yeah, the definition <laughs> of mixed, it that yeah, way. The definition of mixed emotions, right there. Yes, oh, yeah, yes, absolutely. Sure. Oh goodness! <laughs> so I'm still trying to get it to the to the, the text on. I've got a diff- I'm working. My laptop's getting worked on, so I'm I'm working on um, another one here. So if you see any good ones, go ahead and you know. Fire oh yeah, no, it's there, <clears throat> they've been they've been good all morning. Um, okay, you know, it's Charlie you know, ignored them. So you know, no, that's fine. So Bobby V has determined that the cake baked. Yeah, uh, it, it, it seemed that way, and he's been he's been kinder and gentler in recent times because I mean, he's seen progress. And I do think, you know, for everyone who wants to say that that former coaches who who do announcing are shills for current coaches, while you can make an argument for that, I mean, and, and no one was happier than Seth when when Kenny beat Miami. I mean, you know, he's dropping f bombs on on open mics. Um, Bob calls it like he sees it. You know, I, I do think that, mm-hmm. you know, I think that I think if there's a tie, it will go to the runner and the, and the coach being the runner in this case. I think Bob wants the coach to be, you know, I mean, I, I don't think he's out to get anybody. But at the same time, I think he calls it like he sees it. So it, it's one of those deals that it, it, when he when he realizes it's bad, he lets you know it. Uh, and he did earlier. And so now as it, as it had gotten better, he lets you know that. I'm curious to know what his take will be based on the game that he wasn't at you know and, and i mean i think mm-hmm. that that'll be interesting well i listened to him yet yesterday uh, talking about it and it's just it's one of those when you have when you didn't see it it gets tough to you know really analyze it and, and you know his his position was that you know it's that the other teams come out so confident because they know how bad the defense is and that's partly the blame for the bad starts i would submit that when the coach even says calls out one of his own players his own flesh and blood for not being in good enough shape to handle that nine minute stretch of whistle free basketball that you're playing on a penalty kill and that might contribute to it too you're four on five essentially at that point yeah well i mean that's that's inexcusable there was not so first of all you couldn't have been on rick patino's staff if you were that out of shape Right, like, like that wasn't a thing. Right. You, you yeah. can ask, you know, Lieberman. You can ask Scotty. That I mean, like, you know, right. Liebs tells the story about, you know, he shows up the first day, and then the next day, Fred Hena's right there. He's like, here's here's the plan we're going to put you on. I mean, he, he's a coach. He's never going to step on the floor competitively, and so, you know, to have a player, and then for that player to be your biological son and be that out of shape, it's like that's that's inexcusable. I mean that 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 yeah. it just is. I mean, look, I'm out of shape. I'm 50. I'm fat. I'm bald. It's all those things. But I'm, I'm not, not expecting I'm also, you to make jump shots, right? I'm not. I'm not. You know, and, and and if you did, then there would be an expectation that I would be physically capable of running up and down the floor, you know. And 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 so yeah, I take I take offense to that. You know, as somebody who's watched really good conditioned, well conditioned players for a number of years, when you see that, it's like, well, this is shows no one's taking this seriously. I mean, how, how can you yeah. how can you make a straight faced argument that anyone, including the coach's kid, takes this seriously? They clearly don't. Um, let's let's play. Paul did ask a question but at the ten thirty mark. I don't know. Sorry, guys. Again, I'm messing with email and and whatever else. But the one uh, about starting um, Zan, um, Paul made sure to to ask him about it. 
You mentioned Zan, and I do feel like I have to ask you, you raised some eyebrows when you put him in the starting lineup. Uh, what were you hoping, what was the reason behind it, what were you hoping to get? So for me, whether it's Hersey, whether it's Zan, whether it's D'Lo, um, as a coach, when you talk about our starts, I just need solid basketball. So I don't need a guy to come in and try to get 15 points in two or three minutes. I need somebody, so let me, let me give you an example. If I put five guys that can really score on the court together, there's a lack of chemistry there. So the ball, every person that touches the ball thinks it's my time to score, it's my time to score, it's my time to score. There are times I'm better off if I got Scott Clark, Mike James, Trey White, Brandon Hatfield on the court. I I may just need a guy to just make a pass and cut through and not look to score. Because if I put another score on the court, I got five individuals that are constantly thinking about where is my shot coming from? Where, in the end, there's not any continuity to the offense. That answer your question because it didn't really answer mine. No, it doesn't. And there's a lot uh, of talk about offense there. And you know what is constantly missing in any analysis that he does is any discussion, hat tip, whatever to defense. I mean, when yeah. they when they give up 18 three pointers, he comes in and goes, "Well, the elephant in the room is they scored 54. You know, they scored 18 three pointers." Well, like no kidding. But I mean, and again, that's not the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room are the things that people are not talking about. I, the the <laughs> phrasing on that drives me nuts. It's, that's not the elephant in the room. Right. No, the I, elephant in the room is something we aren't talking about. Yeah. 18 threes is is it's it's the elephant at the zoo it's whatever it's not the elephant in the room like god it's, it's the use of that phrase is it's always wrong and that's yeah. just you know me the grammarian that drives me nuts that's just like the the put you know the straw that broke the camel's back I'm like that's not what that means <laughs> i think eric crawford even said that in a tweet over the week he's like that's not what it means yeah it's not the elephant in the room the elephant in the room is the one thing going on that we're really not talking about yeah we're talking about the 18 threes plenty yeah i, I and, you know, Notre Dame's coach early in the year, because Notre Dame was the one team that we were supposed to still be favored over, you know, at some point in the season. Because apparently Notre Dame sucks. And I haven't watched enough <laughs> Notre Dame basketball. But apparently they're terrible. And, but, they're, but but improving. Like, they've shown signs of hope. That's and, the thing with and, them. And that's what I was getting to, because now we're not favored against them. And what did they show signs of hope in doing? They did that with defense. I mean, the coach said, he, came, he goes, we're going to play defense or you're not going to play. And and that was what a concept. Yeah, and and I can respect that. They're gonna they're going to have an identity somehow, somewhere, and that's what they, and that's what they've decided to hang their hat on. Uh, we don't hang our hat on anything. You know, it, I don't know. We may not even have a hat. I don't know. But you know, uh, it's 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 frustrating, and it just can't end fast enough. Good God, make it over. <laughs> well, we still got another. It's like the groundhog. We got another six weeks. You know, Kenny Payne saw his shadow. <laughs> we got another six weeks. Ned? <laughs> Ned Ryerson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can't do trivia, but if you give me random movie quotes, I can tell you yeah. damn near every movie say. that came from. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Mm. Um, getting dangerously close to the text line. So if you see any others in there, uh, let, let me know because I've ignored a big part of the show with the. Uh, on tech issues here. So. Well, yeah, no, the one, I, of the, one of the quotes or one of the texts was uh, pretty cool of Jeff and Brady to go to a game since Kenny came to exactly zero football games this year. I was going to say, I don't think I remember him at a football game, and I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I mean, Walls is there at all of them. He take, brings recruits because, you know, it's a good thing to bring recruits to. I, I, don't, I don't get that. 
Yeah. Don't no. get that at all. And, you know, the thing that's interesting to me, he wants to talk about trying to recruit against the, the black cloud of, of, you know, the death penalty and all the things and probation, whatever. How do you think it is to recruit against the cloud of, you're not even going to be the guy coaching next year. Maybe that's maybe that explains yeah. why there's not a, yeah. a you know, a, a committed player in the class. But, um, yeah. And the text line mentions that, you know, Chris Mack had to go against that same cloud for the entire time that he was here. Um, you know, they're right. So... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had to deal with more of it. And again, there was, I, I'll, I'll grant, okay, it, it cost you some players probably to, in that first year that weren't interested in wondering if you were going to have a tournament ban. But people were, if there was, just because one person or a couple of coaches say something about the death penalty doesn't mean America thought that. That's just a total miscategorization of what was being said and the thought prevailing thought process around here. We thought tournament ban, maybe two years, worst case. Right. I mean, death penalty. Get out of here. He wouldn't have taken the job if he thought they were going to get the death penalty. Drew, I, I, remember, mean, I remember telling you, I, I <laughs> everyone always thought that the death penalty would be the worst thing that could happen. No, nah, man. Yeah this this is worse than that it just it just is i mean yeah. four and 28 i mean i would have just assumed them not even suit up and play to have four wins you know and then and then now six and 12 or six and whatever it is six and 13 i don't know but it's you know it's like okay fair enough we did get a text in that 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 is at least piqued my interest because i have seen the video but i didn't play the audio of it and it's clearly an audio clip and it says gentlemen if you want to have a good laugh play the korean broadcast of the bills oh my god it's great yeah i i didn't i didn't see that so it it is great and i had my finger on it this morning and it disappeared on me on twitter barstool sports has it on their twitter feed but they probably have eight billion things on their yeah uh twitter feed since then um, but it is. It's not good. It's great. It's fan-freaking-tastic. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so we'll try to get that. And if I can find it, I'll put it in the, uh, the, the group, group thread. Don't you like how we're organized now? We have a group text going within the show with the producer and everything. Man, I tell you. It's well-oiled machine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, something like that. Yeah. So uh, text text line says, so the mentality is we need more guys that don't look to score. That's a crazy philosophy. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I don't understand that. (laughs) I've got when you when you admit that they're not, you know, (laughs) that that one of the players isn't up for it. He's about to die out there. Why? Why? How? How we winning that battle exactly? How we doing that? No, it's. I am this. He's brutally honest on that show, but it, it sometimes you want to just hide the mic. Right. Well, you yeah. know, the funny thing about coaches shows is it used to be, and, and showing my age a little bit here, listening to the old Mark Stoop show, like the old shows, like when he first got here. And and they would they didn't screen calls. They just yeah. they just ran them through. We got Jimmy from Pikeville's online too or whatever, and it's like, right. You suck. When are you gonna quit? I mean, and that was I mean, that was appointment radio. I think that if we didn't screen calls for Kenny's show, I think it'd be. I think you get a hell of a lot more. Chris traffic. from Richmond used to go at it with Hal Mummy. Oh yeah, I mean there was no filter, and it was. I mean Tyler from Spartanburg, he got nothing on Chris from Richmond. Yeah, not, I mean not you know, um, and so yeah they have done. So I had a friend of mine who remained nameless uh, yesterday. Uh, he, he texted me, and usually I'll get like the angry text at like eight forty five in the morning on a Sunday. It's been stewing in him all weekend. And he says, I called, I called uh, 
Uh, Roosters and Springhurst asked him when the Kenny Payne show is, uh, and they answered uh, Monday, February 19th. I thought he was supposed to be doing shows every week. I was like, well, there's no conspiracy on this. We talked about it yesterday on the show. There's, there's just for whatever reason, we had a bunch of shows early and three-week break. And then he's like, I think thought he was running scared. When can you find uh, – <laughs> this is where it goes to. Where can you find his talk show schedule? I have a question I want to ask in person. I'm like, they haven't taken person in-person questions for several years. Yeah. I'm a reason why. Uh, but I'll find out the schedule. I can promise you this, though, and I'll say this to everybody out there. The coaches' shows are not an exorcism, an exercise in journalism. It's oh, not no. what they are. No, no, no. That is not what they are. You're just, you know, you're not going to get the question you want read. And it's not, you know, you, it is not a, uh, a press conference out of a movie where everybody's standing up and screaming, you know. <laughs> no, but it'd be kind of cool if it was. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, it would. But it's just not because this is his shit. Oh, yeah, right. No. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it's just, but I, but man, the the good old days of, you know, of the call in to the coach and ask him, ask me anything. Yeah, well, that that would. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Not hmm. not anymore. So, um, dangerously, see me other text, let me know. I'm, I'm getting dangerously close here. Uh, it says, Kenny lacks communication skills that translates to his ability to coach a team. They don't do what he says because they don't know, uh, how to, because he doesn't know how to say anything productive. Well. I, I, I do think things get – look, he's not the world's greatest communicator, you know, and sometimes things get communicated, and he has a different interpretation of it when everybody else is on the same page. See the Karan Davis situation. Yeah. Um, and so I do think when he says, well, you know, I, I told these guys, you know, everything on defense what to do, and they do it, it's like, okay, well, maybe if the message is never received that – you need to change the way you're doing it. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, right? I mean, it seems crazy to me to um, well, you, to, ha- to have. You come out of every interaction, you know, it's it's like the, the sermon of riddles that, that someone coined that phrase. You yeah. know, you come out yeah. of every interaction and, yeah. and it's like, what the hell did he just say? You know, I, I like I, and, and it, you spend, I mean. We can spend three hours breaking down a, a one-hour coach's show, soundbite at a time, and we're like, "Huh?" You know, and, and it, mm-hmm. it just and so if that's the way the messages are, are received by, you know, fifty-year-olds and people who are who've been around and, and had communications and done all these different, I mean, you you've got to figure a nineteen or twenty-year-old's looking in like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get, yeah." And so yeah. we're gonna go do what we do. I mean. I don't know. Um, Texter says, didn't KP say at the end of the summer, say that he conditioned the kid, these kids so hard? How are they not conditioned? I mean, we heard about his practices are brutal. I mean, he's, you know, and there may not no. be a better propaganda arm anywhere, anywhere than the Louisville men's basketball Twitter feed. I mean, the videos that they put out, and they, I get, look, they got a job to do and they're doing it and that's fine. But it's like, I mean, I, we have seen videos for two years now that, that it make them look like all-stars. And then, yeah. and then, you, but then that's you, the job. I don't fault the video department that, I mean, you got some people in the video department, like make us look cool. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's the job, you know? Yeah, I know. I get I mean, it's I, the job, it, but it's know. like, it's like, man, they're really good at it. Cause you think they're going to be better than they are. And they're just not. Yeah, so. but you don't. You don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> you think? I mean, they didn't. They didn't do that. Um, man. Um, so we'll let you hop on in. We'll we'll uh, we'll step aside here. I may need uh, James's help on the break here to get the uh, the text line up because it's asking me. I mean, anybody could hack any of our passwords, probably. But they, <laughs> but they got to get a ver- verification code sent somewhere. I don't know where the hell it goes. So uh, I'll um, we'll work on that. 
uh, here on the other side as, uh, as we roll along this morning. We've got some more sound from last night we can get to as well. Of course, we got the game tonight uh, against Duke, so we got that for you. I don't know if, if, uh, if there's anything that Keith wants, you know, if you got anything that you want to, um, the topic you want to delve into, you know, we can, we can look in, you know. Mm. Look into that. Yeah, that's deep. We'll see what I can come up with. Yeah, yeah so anything on your personal? <laughs> no, yeah, we'll, we'll, we we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about timeshares and and travel. Yeah, I mean, that that those topics, you know, tend tend to do really well. So, oh yeah, no, I had people all yesterday going uh, tell me their stories about timeshares, and I was like, yeah. I still I guess, want. To, I guess I, I, everybody in the industry sucks. I yeah. guess they all suck. I still want to know what what the cruise line is. So you need you need to let me know about that. Oh too. yeah, you know what? I'll have to forge you the email on that. So. All right. All right, all right, we'll do that on the other side. Hey, RGB Home Theaters, if you're someone thinking about uh, upgrading your uh, television uh, sound system, man, they changed my viewing experience. That's all I can tell you. And the TV's great, but I'm telling you, the sound is the game changer. Because let's be honest, most TVs are, are pretty darn good uh, that are being made these days. Uh, the difference to me is having five or seven speakers there where you can have the sound rush from the front to the back of the room or left to right. And it's, it's like being in the movie theater. So um, check them out. RGB, red, green, blue, RGB, hometheaters.com. If you are doing uh, new construction or a remodel, oh, man, you are, uh, you're missing out if you don't talk to them before you get done with that because they're going to show you all kinds of options you wouldn't have otherwise thought of. So it's RGB, red, green, blue, RGB, hometheaters.com. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. We were Jesus, Sammy, blue jean baby, born in the USA. Trailer park truck stops, faded little map dots, New York to L.A. We were teenage dreaming, front seat leaning. Broadcasting live from the Liquor Barn Studios, you're listening to The Diener Show on ESPN 680, 1057, and 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Drew Diener and Keith Pointer. Oh, we're back here, 93.9 The Ville, ESPN 680, 1057, hanging out uh, with you. We'll have the Louisville game for you tonight uh, against uh, the Duke Blue Devils, the little team uh, I like to call Duke. Uh, coming down with a 14-point edge, at least via the point spread, uh, is what it looks like there. And um, I, mean, I was just thinking a few years ago, I was, it just popped up as a memory the other day uh, on Facebook, where I I blocked Worldwide Womble, uh, and I believe wished bad things to, hap- to happen to him physically, <laughs> because Duke had come back and beaten. Louisville, that 18-point crazy, you know, comeback yep. or whatever it was. Yep. And I just remember thinking, imagine caring that much about Louisville basketball. Oh, just imagine. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. And and I'm looking at that going, oh, yeah, that's right. That's when I, I told Jim, don't – either I'm not going to work or I told him not to show up for work because yeah. I didn't want to hear from a Duke fan the next day because that, that, that was just a kick in the gut, that, that thing. 
and I just never thinking I can't imagine how far are we from caring that much about little basketball. The things I have said, both online and in person, with you know, as a result of my fandom being just overrun, and and you know, things like oh, I shouldn't have said that. I, yeah. I certainly yeah. shouldn't have tweeted yeah. that. You know, and um, and buddy, you can't get me to say boo anymore so there's that i did think of something as we were coming back from break that i thought would you know you asked things yeah. that might interest me and it, yes. was, it was this um you've never met kenny chesney right you've you've been to a lot of concerts correct never met him. correct yeah no yeah. And, and so i i was just curious i wonder what that would be like like you know because i had i had a guy that i used to listen to religiously it was a country music singer is really dating me a sammy kershaw you may not you may mm-hmm. or may not know sammy yeah I know. um and i i used to you know i had a, a cd player in my in my police car and i would drive around and basically just listen to his 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 album you know mm-hmm. over and over and over again and then i met him oh really yeah and on a call um when i was policing in right outside of nashville and yeah I would never, I would never, when, the, when his songs come on the radio now, I'm out. I turn them off. I mean, and so I was, oh, so no. I'm, so it just made me wonder. When the queen of my double wide was that Yeah, him? that was, yeah, okay, that was yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and there were a gazillion. I mean, he had a lot of them like in the, you know. Oh yeah, 90s. 90s. Yeah. He was, he was, he was on fire and you know, he was, I don't know if they married, but I know he at least lived with, and I think they married Lori Morgan, who lived in Hendersonville where oh, I yeah. worked. And, oh yeah. Lori, I love her. Yeah. yeah and, uh. You know, and I just when I heard the bumper music coming back, and it was Kenny, and I know what I know. You know your affinity for. I, I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I wonder if he's ever met him, and I wonder if he meets him. Well, yeah, would I want to? Would you yeah. want to? Would it I live mean, up? because there's something about meeting people that you kind of look up to, and you think, man, that guy would be really cool, and it's like. No, he's just an AH. You know, I mean, there and so you know that that's why I was. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a that, that's a good one. I mean, the only one that I ever had on the radio that really just truly was a deflating moment for me was when I interviewed Rudy Rudiger, you know, from the movie Rudy that, that it was based on, like the actual <laughs> right. guy. And he was like, a, it, it was so, it was like slimy. I can't remember what he, product he was pushing or it was his book, but I was like, all right, this is like the, the, the short guy, uh, you know, movie of all time. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, I'm like, all right, we got Rudy on. And it was so bad. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And, I don't know. Yeah, I can vividly remember. I mean, we got calls one night of a massive fight at a city park in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And so we're running up there, just lights and siren. Everybody's going as fast as they can. We get there, and it's all the Hendersonville High School kids. You know, all the kids that go to high school in Hendersonville, where Taylor mm-hmm. Swift, oddly enough, later on, after I'd long since left, where she went to high school when she lived in Nashville, when she was high school age. Huh. And, um, and in the midst of all this big fight – were all these high school kids and one Samuel Kershaw. He was there to whip the hell out of any of these high school because because he had kids and Lori had Keith Whitley mm. the third or junior or whatever, which was kind of cool. I mean, seeing the namesake of Keith Whitley, yeah. Right. And and so they had been on the phone and and one of the guys said, "Well, if you come up here to the park, I'll kick your blah blah blah." And so he yeah. immediately makes a J turn in the middle of the street and, and he was at the park. And so next thing you know, all of us are up there and it's like you look at this guy who's got millions of dollars or at least should have. And right. and he's just not. I mean, he's up there wanting to fight high schoolers, and so, and, and there were other runs I had with him, and it was just like after that, it was like, okay, I'm done. So I didn't know if you'd add that, and and no, I, I haven't. You know, I think a lot of times, I mean, for the most part, I, I I don't know. I'm trying to think of, I don't know that many famous people I've met in in person um, that 
And I'm sure I have. I'm, you, know, you know what? The text line will remind me. Yeah, the, uh, the <laughs> text know, line says, what about, the, my own line. what about the Kirk Herbstreet interview? Well, so. that was on me. Kirk was great. Oh, yeah. No, I, I actually, and I actually did at the Parklands, I did an hour-long interview with him courtesy of PNC Bank when they were doing a fundraiser out there. Look, you would think my worst nightmare. Up on stage for an hour with Kirk Herbstreet. You know, everybody's <laughs> staring at us. But it wasn't one of those things where I was talking to the crowd i was just interviewing him and sort of directing traffic and he was great i mean he's actually one of those guys you meet that you know appears to be you know as nice of a person as he seems on television if not more so yeah so text line says he was great text line says took a vacation to hilton head south carolina our tour guide said billy currington lives there she told us he was a rude jerk and extremely short so you know (laughs) Billy, okay, Billy Currington, okay, we're going down to B list now. Aren't well, we? you know, but I mean, it's it, you know, no. it's funny because you know, if you yeah. have if you have an idea of what you think people are going to be like based upon some persona, whatever mm-hmm. that is, I mean, a persona can be good or bad, and then you meet him and you're like, well, that guy was way different. And sometimes that's sometimes that's an improvement. You know, there are people who, yeah. who look at you and go, well, I mean, I hear you on the radio, you're a jerk. You know, I meet you, you're not a bad guy, um, or I, you know, whatever. You play this part in a movie really, really well. I meet you and you're you're a prince. Um, yeah, but man, I tell you, it was. I, I, you know, Zach Brown, I got to meet a few years ago. Um, beforehand, they had instead of a meet and greet, they had an eat and greet. So if you. <laughs> Um, cause he kept, he was a chef before yeah. he was anything else. And it was back behind the Yum Center. And, you know, there's probably, I don't know, 75 people ish at this thing, maybe a hundred. And he, um, when he's ready to get started, he goes, um, look, no pictures, no autographs, but I'll come around and talk to every one of you individually. I promise to your table. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And, oh, he, did. And, and, and he came over and he had just done one of the award shows, um, with uh, James Taylor, uh, they had just done it, that done duet version of um, on at the awards show of Colder Weather, and I asked him about it, and I was like, I was just, and it, we, you know, it was sixty seconds, you know, again, he's trying to, but it was authentic, it seemed right. to me, you yeah. know, so he's definitely one that, that that lived up to it. Sport, you know, the sports people, I don't, because we're around it so much, and I, I, I don't get. I'm trying to think of what time I was like starstruck with interviewing someone in sports or just meeting someone in sports because we do it. I mean, it's cool. It's great. But I don't get starstruck. I get more starstruck probably by an actor or, or a singer than, than an athlete, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, and the people that you're around more often, you, you tend to kind of just hold them as in they're kind of normal people regard. But, you know, uh, I think that's one of the reasons that people tend to relate to Jeff Brom. You know, is because he's kind of every dude, right. right? I mean, you know, yeah. even when he wasn't coaching here, when he was at Purdue or at Western or whatever, you could catch him at a fish fry. I mean, like that was—he's yeah. not, you know, it, it's, you know, it's not abnormal. Well, run him at double dogs, right? You I know. mean, and it's like yeah. you know, and it, th- th- if you're decent, you'll leave him alone, right? But I mean, right. you, at the same time, it's one of those—he seems like the kind of guy that, you know, if you saw him, he'd be—he would be gracious and, and humble and 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 be. It's kind of a dude, you know. So yeah, but no. um, but yeah, yeah. No, that was what I, that's what I was was curious it's about because they they right. always say so, don't so meet Sammy don't Kershaw meet ruined it oh for my you. God, no. dude. Yeah, I mean, no. now I met I met Johnny Cash's wife uh, June. I got to search Johnny Cash's house when I was on the police department in Tennessee. That was a fun story, um, you know. Yeah, um, but um, and 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 they were very gracious. I, I I had a sergeant on the police department who wouldn't have spit on Johnny Cash if he were on fire because. Um, 
you know, he knew him when he was young and, and you know, ripping and running and, and drunk and carrying on. And, and so I think they'd had some run-ins like that. So he felt about Johnny like I do about Sammy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting when you when you have those kind of interactions and people you think, oh, this will be cool. You know, Texter says, I hate the, uh, what about the Bob, uh, Bob and Mike uh, got to interview Brian Wilson, you know, the, the Beach Boy. Uh, <laughs> it was interview. so bad. Yeah. Oh my God. It was epically bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was and horrible. So, I mean, th- those are just things that kind of stick out. You're like, well, I would think this guy would be like this. And it's like, no, not like that at all. Look, I, I, I will tell you, Bob Baffert was as, as, you know, as good as it was even on air and off air. I mean, you know, I really, you know, I can't speak to what, you know, he was doing with the horses afterwards, <laughs> but he was nice to me, yeah. you know. So yeah. that's um, that's one that, that uh, that's there. Let's go to the phone lines out here. Brian's going to be up next. Brian, welcome in. Ninth round of the Ville ESPN hey. 681057. Good morning. Good morning. I tell you, I've had to. Nashville tomorrow. I think after my meeting, I think I'll hop over to Sammy's house and knock <laughs> yeah. on the door and, ch- and challenge him to a little fight for you, Keith. Yeah, I appreciate that. He, he'll he take you up on it. There's not a fight that's been challenged to Mr. Kershaw that he's not been willing to accept. <laughs> yeah, I think, I'll, I think I'll hold off on that. We're both adults. Hopefully, at least I am. But uh, you talk about people uh, and, and having a venue to really to do that where you spend some time. Um, in the old days, I, I caddied at, uh, at Valhalla and uh, I guess they were really desperate. Multiple times I was in the group with Coach Patino. And uh, one of the neat things in the month of September, there was that window where they had a little breather before the season and practice started. Mm-hmm. It was like a sacred time, you know, kind of the calm before the storm. And so Patino would play uh, with his posse about 45 holes a day, sun up to sundown. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty at that time you could play about 12 hours a day based on the sunlight. Anyway, I obviously a Louisville fan, and, uh, you know, he was still at Kentucky at the time. This is how long ago this is. And I thought, oh, gosh, i got to be around him all day. And, and it got to the point where I found myself liking and respecting him. And I uh, thought he was pretty gracious and uh, focused. And, you know, you get seven, eight people together for 12 hours, even if you're not carrying his bag, which I wasn't. I was carrying somebody else's um, you get to be around him and you, you share conversation minimally or facial expressions and encounters and, you know, all that. And you're kind of after, you know, 10 or 12 hours, you're all in there together. You know, it's like a platoon you know, out on the, on the front. So he couldn't have been a heck of a, a nicer guy. And uh, it was just funny. You could, I couldn't help but like him, you know. Yeah. Well, and it probably takes an hour plus two hours just to get over the – he has an aura and a, a presence about him for that for that to just sort of subside for you. I mean, I know that from experience. It's like you got to – there's you know when he's in the room you can feel him walk in oh yeah, yeah and, it, it, and he was you know this is 94 so you know he's i think everybody on the phone or everybody here would agree how much he's mellowed and uh you know his expression is it takes as much energy to be nice to somebody as it does to be mean to somebody and um it's something he says he said not back in 94 but he said it more like you know 2006 or yeah nine. yeah yeah li- yeah he was a little different when he had much more of a more of a jerk when he was at Kentucky I'll just tell you that just uh, there wasn't that philosophy that's why I was always intimidated you know in those and, and then like on, on Baffert by the way since you brought him up I'll give you a quick Baffert you guys might like about Baffert I've got a friend of mine who's from Kansas City and his wife grew up with uh, Bob uh, Baffert's. My best friend from grade school, some young lady or whatever. Well, we're at a local restaurant here in town, and Baffert's 
there and, we're, and this guy talking to him this guy's this really he's a real character of a gentleman he goes oh it's bob baffers yeah he's kind of an edgy guy you, might, you know keep your distance he goes oh, i gotta tell him i know somebody and I'm like oh brother how's this gonna go mm-hmm. next thing you know we're in the lobby at this restaurant for like 15 more minutes and we're trying to leave you know it's 10 o'clock at night and we've you know just we've had enough and and what it was it, this guy's name was jerry that i'm friends with and, and it wasn't jerry talking it was bob talking and uh, they just, he couldn't get enough of Jerry and talking about this friend from New Mexico. And, and it, was, it was a lady friend of his, like his grade school best friend. And it was pretty gracious and pretty friendly. And, and uh, finally, I looked over at, at Bob's wife, uh, Jill, and I said to Jill, I said, Jill, you know, growing up, I said, I, you know, I, I used to see you on the TV and everything. I said, you were a little bit older. I thought you were always kind of cute. I said, I always said, man, if I run into her, I got to ask her. And I said, I'm lucky for you. I go, you know, I didn't, you know, you took Bob and I, I never found you, you know, and everything. And they were just <laughs> right. a sweet couple. And, he, you know, he's got his crap he's going through. But, uh, you know, it's just funny, the pr- professional and public persona versus the, the private. It's interesting yeah. how they clash. So yeah. you guys have yeah. fun. I'll see you at the game tonight. All right. All right. Hey, appreciate it. By the way, Baffert in the news, he did, they did yesterday uh, drop, finally, their appeal of the 21 Derby. So um, I don't know what that uh, led to it yesterday, but they just in the in the Eric Crawford's article, the legal race for the 2021 Kentucky Derby has come to an end uh, as they ended their legal challenge. And so I'm just I'm trying to skim through this, but they they had argued, you know, they had their arguments. I, I just it, it's almost about, I wonder. I mean, I thought he was going to take this to the you know to the bitter end, and I wonder if he's finally saying, you know what, I'm I'm not going to be able to run the Derby if I'm suing the track that runs the Derby. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know that, I mean, I don't think that gets him in this year, but does it get him in for next year? Um, so I don't know. I did not think, you know, that was a game of chicken that I didn't think anyone was going to back down on. Yeah. At some point we, <laughs> appeals are a funny thing. People are all, well, we can appeal, can't we? And I say, yeah, you can, but you're, you're starting from a losing proposition and the, the, op, yeah. you know, the odds of winning on appeal, are slim and none and slims you know halfway out the door so um you know at some point it becomes an exercise in how much money are you willing to, to blow on this and then and then it keeps a story that just sort of perpetuates and it's like people have already made up their mind about whether he's a cheater or not and so you know at, at some point it's just like okay we're just going to be done here and so maybe that maybe that was part of it and maybe you realize like you're not getting this back all right. right i mean let's it's like as his, as his attorney wouldn't you have to say to him come on we're making you know, we're, we're not going to win this I mean, right. it, well, or, or we're going to we're going to try to win it. But we're going to spend millions more dollars. And even if you do win it, nobody's going to think that you want it cleanly. They're going to think you you know, had some legal maneuverings. And don't you want to run in the derby before you die? Right. I mean, I, I got to think that that, you know, I don't know if I don't know if he came to it on his own. His attorneys talks. I want to say some sense into him, but, you know, talk, you know, gave him what the real options were. I don't know. Well, that's one of the funny things about about being counsel is, you know, they want to, well, what would you do in this? Well, I can't really tell you what I would do. I can advise you what your options are. And, and I can tell you, you know, I, I, I have made recommendations and I've told people you really ought to consider this, this or this. And, you know, but getting your client to listen to you is probably one of the most frustrating parts of that job. I mean, first, you've got the battle, you know, especially like in civil litigation, you've got the battle of trying to get to a spot. And then if that spot is reasonable 
you know, when we're talking about cash, right? We're talking about settlement mm-hmm. dollar values. And if that's a reasonable spot, then you go to your client. Well, the client never thinks that, that the, the amount that they're willing to pay you is enough. It's kind of like in that movie, A Civil Action. The only thing you're willing to take is what they're not willing to pay, you know? And, and so <laughs> if that's your position, then you're never going to, you, then you're never going to resolve a case that way. So you're going to try every case. And, you know, we know 95% of cases don't, don't go to trial. Um, but, but the, that yin and yang back and forth with the clients and the management part of it and trying to express to them, yeah, I know you've seen that verdict on the news. Let me tell you about the hundred verdicts you didn't see, you know, where it went the other way. Uh, it's, it's a challenge. So I don't know if it was the council that got to him or if it was Jill probably had as much uh, sway there as anybody. I mean, there are just any number of things that, that could make you, you know, change your mind yeah. in that. So. Well, and, and Churchill's had a statement that said, on behalf of Churchill Downs, today's dismissal of appeal does not change the current suspension or deadline to transfer horses for the upcoming 150th Kentucky Derby. Um, so I read that as maybe next year. Or, But it's also, I don't know, does it? Does there any chance it could leave the door open? Probably not. It, does, it doesn't change the current suspension. Right. You know, so his current suspension is in place for another year. So um, I would say he's still out for this year, but I think he could have, look, they, they could have, it's their track. They can keep him out as long as they want, right, right, wrong, or indifferent. And I think for him, the chance to, I think he's got a decent chance of running in Derby 151 now. Mm-hmm. At least got a chance. I don't know, decent chance. He's got more chance than he did two days yesterday, you know, before he dropped this. Yeah. So, but yeah, how bad you're right. I mean, on appeal, you've already lost. Like, what percentage of appeals actually get? Oh, it's very, it's it's very low because the standard is. I mean, basically, the courts most of the time, and this, you know, the appellate courts are looking for an, you know, an arbitrary and capricious abuse of discretion. Did the court do something that was so, you know, was it was it such an abuse of discretion that mm-hmm. that this has to be overturned in order for justice to, you know, and and the courts give a lot of latitude to judges. Now, you know, there are some procedural things that. You know, so that, that not to get too nerdy about it, but there's like a de novo review where the court looks at things like as as a new. They they look at it fresh and they make a decision based on what they see. And then there's just the review of, of, of a of a trial court's ruling and is that was that an abuse of discretion? And if it wasn't an abuse of discretion and the bar for that's very high, then then the trial court's, you know, ruling is going to stand. And you know, it we could get into a semester's worth of, of, of appellate law about all the things you have to lay out. And it's mind numbingly boring and quite difficult to try to, you know, get your mind around. But suffice it to say, whenever you're coming at it from an appeal, it, yeah. it, it, it's fourth and long. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. We'll continue along here. Two, six, seven, nine, six, eighty. Text with UPS jobs. Text line four, three, seven, nine, six, eighty. Keith will break down every amendment of the U.S. Constitution yeah, up next. Absolutely. I think that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll uh, <laughs> no, we will not do that. Uh, I mean, it could be fun. Who knows? Um, uh, we will not do that, though. Uh, if you're looking to sell your home, uh, Edlin and Edlin. Uh, has a refreshing way to look at it. Uh, they're not going to charge you the 3% as the seller agent because they know it's not worth it anymore. They're not doing the work they used to do. So they're going to charge you 1%, but they're going to do all the work they've traditionally done. That's, this is not like, you know, here's here we'll put it on the MLS. No, it'll go on the MLS. It'll go on all the other sites. But they're going to be a full-service realtor, and they're instead of taking 3% as the selling agent, they're only going to take 1%, and they're going to recommend you pay the buyer 
2.5%. So for you, on a $300,000 home, which is the average purchase price around here, $7,500 is yours at the closing statement, more than it would have been under a what you would call maybe traditional slash outdated format. So Edelin and Edelin. My dad bought over there. He's known Glenn Edelin a long time. They got Phil Moffat over there as well. You can uh, give him a ring. Uh, but it's E-D-E-L-E-N.com. That's E-D-E-L-E-N.com. It's Edelin and Edelin. And uh, when you get over there, uh, tell Phil Moffat you're a soccer man here at the Dean Show.